All right, so I'm going all over the Thrillist offices here in New York, asking people about their favorite hangover cures. Uh, God, when I'm hurting, I always go for a Coca-Cola. It's the only time I drink it. My go-to hangover cure is a breakfast burrito the size of my head. Did it once, and I felt the life creep back into me. It's a, it's a whole process. It's like two Advil, some Pedialyte, some fresh air is important. Like a quick walk or like stick your head out the window. Probably like sit in the bottom of the shower and like just kind of hang out there for a while. My go-to hangover cure generally is getting high and watching one of the Lord of the Rings movies. First I take a fistful of Advil and then I roll out of bed to the bodega and get a bacon, egg, and cheese the size of my head and I scarf it down. I think it just, like, absorbs anything that's, like, in my stomach. It just kind of sucks it all up. Instead of trying to go to bed, like, an hour earlier, stay up an extra hour, you take a great Pedialyte packet, put it in a Glacier Freeze Gatorade, and then you take a B12 pill, and then two Advil. My go-to hangover cure is a nice long run along the East River. After a long night out, I just like to lace up, sweat it out, and then get ready to drink it down again. (laughs) I'm Will Fulton. This is Thrillist Best and the Rest. So you want my hangover secret weapon? I'll tell you something that you almost certainly have never heard before, especially if you're American. If you get an upset stomach the morning after drinking like I do, buy a pack of McVitie's Digestive Biscuits. They're these British cookies, but you can actually get them at Walmart. Crush your sleeve before bed. I promise it will make you feel so much better in the morning. No, this is not an ad. I promise this is just an incredibly hot tip. At the very end of this episode, I'll lay out my brand new four-step hangover cure method, including McVitie's. And you can find it all in my brand new article on Thrillist.com, the best hangover cures ranked. Before that, we've got a conversation with Thrillist founder, investor, and entrepreneur Ben Lair about working through hangovers, how he makes big decisions, and of course, his go-to hangover cure. But first up, we're going to learn a little bit about the science behind hangovers while I try one of the more elaborate hangover cures known to humankind. It involves a surgeon and needles and a bunch of words I don't really understand. Here's what happened. Okay, so I am in our studio right now with Dr. Adam Nadelson, the IV doc. He's come down here with all of his equipment, many vials, an IV stand, some glowing liquids, and I'm about to get... IV hydration therapy. How are you today? I'm doing great. Well, thanks for inviting me. Thank you so much for coming to help uh, cure my hangover. We'll take great care of you as always. I'm going to get a intravenous hangover cure. Wills might be a little nervous right now. <laughs> I feel like I get a little like shaky when I get a hangover. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's part of the body's response too. And so we're going to help try to combat that with some fluids and uh, some wonder medication called glutathione. What? Glutathione. Is that German? It's not German. (laughs) It sounds German. I don't know the actual origin of the name, (laughs) but it's a fantastic, fantastic uh, medication. And actually your body produces glutathione itself. What happens is is that the stores of glutathione get depleted uh, as you're drinking um, alcohol. Uh, It's part of the breakdown process of alcohol. Yeah. So we found that glutathione added to our mix has been uh, kind of the wonder drug. So let's get things started. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll have you sign consent for me. Uh-oh. Oh, you have to sign consent. So what are you actually about to do? I'm going to place a small 22-gauge catheter. Um, after catheter? Uh, IV. So oh, there's okay. a needle I- and then the catheter <laughs> is left in place. When you say catheter. Not a urinary okay. catheter. <laughs> right? Is that what? 
It's like, can I keep my pants on for this? Small needle. Okay. Ooh, it just went in. Okay. That was that was pretty good. You're a pro. Good. So you're you're connecting a tube now. Correct. There is a bag full of electric yellow fluid up there. You call this the drip? This is the drip. You're about to start feeling better, dude. So I'm definitely feeling a, a cool sensation. Fantastic. So yes. you're going to feel a cooling sensation up the arm. The, the fluid itself is colder than your, your body temperature right now. 98.6 mm. is, your, is your temperature. The fluid is like at almost a room temperature. Um, so at 75 oh. degrees. And so that's the cooling sensation. And you might even feel some, um, some metallic or even vitamin type taste in the back of your mouth. Uh, it's very normal. Weird. Weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so the, the medication we're going to provide to you today is um, Omdansetron. Um, you know it probably as Zofran. Um, no, I, I don't know. <laughs> Why would you assume that I know? Oh, yeah, what I, is Zofran? This is going to help treat uh, your nausea. Oh, good. Do you ever get hungover? Um, when I was younger, I've, I've certainly, when I was in college, I was, I was in a fraternity. I've yeah. been hungover once or twice. Just once or twice? I mean. Okay, I see. Actually, I came up with the IV doc during my general surgery training. And uh, the, what sparked the idea was uh, I was working in a city hospital and I, I had a really bad bout of food poisoning. I really remember it to this day. Who eats a chicken pot pie without a covering on it for, in the Bronx? Well, that, there you go. Was uh, it good? It, you know, like <laughs> that, the night like was a blur, yeah. but I, I do remember taking it out of the microwave and, and, and rushing to get to work and just eating it as I was running. <laughs> that said, uh, about four hours later, five hours later, it hit me so hard and I was about to start a case and I had to call my attending down to, to save me. The next moment I had a, uh, a nurse take care of me, set me up with uh, IV fluid and uh, my attending wrote a prescription for some medications. One I guess gave you, some Zofran. Uh, and I literally felt night and day better. Mm -hmm. And so I thought to myself, you know, who else is suffering like, like this? And who else is feeling this horrible the, those mornings? And all of my friends were. Yeah, they're <laughs> all hungover. They were so hungover. Degenerates or? Not degenerates, okay. actually functioning, uh, uh, functioning oh. animals. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, highly functioning people that uh, were working on Wall Street or working in their own businesses as entrepreneurs and really needed to make a sale the next day to, um, to either a board or whomever. And they... Um, they really needed to function at a high level. And so I knew that this was going to flip the switch from them. Yeah, see, power players like myself or these people you're talking about don't have time to be hungover. You got to get moving. Would you say this is one of the quicker routes to feeling better? I, I think this is the quickest route to feeling better. Obviously, abstinence is the first uh, yeah. <laughs> would be the key here. That's prep, though. We're talking about after the fact. Correct. After the damage is done. Uh, while it would be all nice to drink uh, one of those sports electrolyte drinks, number one, they're full of sugar, okay? Um, some of them. Uh, but others that are not full of sugar are really, are really excellent, um, especially if you're not at that tipping point where I think you're about to be at. Um, <laughs> yes, my whole life is a tipping point. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the main issue is, is that you're, you're getting less absorption of things that you're drinking or eating. And so what that means is that your GI tract is, is inflamed. And it's inflamed because the alcohol is, quote, caustic. To, right. And that's like a burn. It causes like a burn to your whole GI system. And then your GI system is your mouth to your tush. It's my favorite system. There you go. Yeah. And so uh, you're having less absorption. And if you ever notice, well, when you had pizza or like... Um, 
Uh, I'll shout to Mamoons here. Mm. Uh, Mamoons at three in the morning. Falafel in the East uh, Village. But I've never been there. I've just heard of these things. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah okay. So Mamoons at three in the morning. You read about it on Thrillist. Read about it, exactly. Yeah. You remember that in uh, 8 a.m. you woken up and it's like still there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so your stomach actually shuts down. Wow, yeah, okay. It, it's, the, it's a migrating motor complex and it's, um, it actually stops functioning. Uh, why it stops functioning, why alcohol does that, we're not exactly sure. Um, but um, Yeah, so that's, you know, that's a question I wanted to ask you, is that it seems like the doctors of the world, the scientists of the world, are still a little unclear about exactly what causes a hangover, why we get hungover, and in some ways how to solve it. I know we're making strides, like, you know, with the IV doc, but is that the case? Yeah, I think that every day, um, you know, we're getting more and more data. I think that some of the new data that we're going to start seeing are there certain genetics that are predisposing people to getting worse hangovers yeah. than not. Um, you know, I think that that's, that's a really, I'm really fascinated about uh, genomics. And I think that that's something that I'd love to participate in. Um, and, and I think that that's going to be the, the route that we're going to be taking in the next 10 years to, to learn more about hangovers. But at this point, I think that this IV doc and IV service that we provide uh, is the gold standard to treating uh, volume loss, dehydration, uh, and uh, the kind of nausea that you're describing mm-hmm. you know, in a much faster um, way uh, because you're getting the 100% absorption at this point through an IV. So that's why it's more effective than chugging a bunch of water. Correct. Yeah. So we didn't finish that. Yeah. So uh, the whole GI tract is, is kind of uh, is burnt and um, you're going to get decreased absorption. So how do we improve that? We bypass the GI tract. We go to an IV absorption occurs. Shortcut to hydration. Shortcut. I like it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, gave some medications and we're going to add that magical med glutathione right now. Okay. Okay. I feel a little bit better. I do have that little, like, slight metallic. You do taste it. Like, I put a penny in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Not that I do that. It definitely has that cooling feeling. It's not like anything else I felt. Yeah, and you know what else I, I'm feeling kind of right away is I, I was saying that nausea is definitely one of my main symptoms. It's hard for me to eat in the morning. A lot of times when I'm hungover, I feel already kind of an appetite creeping in. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Have you heard that before? Uh, I have. Okay. Damn, I thought I was telling you something new. <laughs> if somebody wants to try the IV Doc, uh, where can they find you and what cities are you available in? Uh, absolutely. So uh, IV Doc is, um, you can find this easily at the IV Doc, T-H-E-I-V-D-O-C.com. Um, we are located and provide service in over 30 cities across the U.S. and United Kingdom. And, um, you know, so we, we take care of patients from obviously hangovers, but food poisoning and flu. Uh, we treat well patients also with antioxidants and vi- high dose vitamin C. Uh, we think that that's really been like a game changer here uh, to, f- to a boost immune systems, especially with our clients traveling from L.A. to New York, New York to London, all in a span of four days. Cool. So, um, yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. So it's not just for hangovers. Not just for hangovers. And uh, you can find us in LA, San Fran, San Diego. This is a real concierge service. So you'll always have a physician involved in your care. You'll have a registered nurse taking care of you. Uh, Our goal is to make you happy and make you feel better. And that's what we do. That bag of electric yellow fluid is... Done. Rapidly depleting. Yeah, you're done. That's all in me. That's good. How do you feel? I feel a lot better, actually. I definitely have more energy and that feeling, that cool feeling feels great. This was amazing. Thank you so much, Dr. Nadelson, honestly. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Okay, it feels like my veins are full of ice water and I do feel a little bit better. So next up, Thrillist founder Ben Lehrer. Here's our conversation. Well, this is the first guest we've ever had that 
if they wanted to, could just shut the whole operation down right here. I'm planning to. <laughs> if things go poorly. Mr. Ben Lair, CEO of Group 9 Media, founder of Thrillist, entrepreneur, investor, noted New York Mets fan. Do they make you drink? Do they make me drink? Do they drive you to drinking? Not recently. I, I, the, the only time they've really driven me to drinking was during the World Series a few years ago. Oof, yes. Very intense time. That was a tough yeah. one. To the Royals, though. I went yeah. to all five games. Um, I went to Kansas City for two days. How was that? It, the fans were, were much kinder than I would have expected yeah. uh, for like an out-of-towner. And when you ordered an ice cream in the stadium, they served ice cream by the pint. Okay. So that was, they don't make you a cup of ice cream. They just sell you a pint of ice cream and you eat it in your seat, which I love that. I, I it was pretty cool, <laughs> but I don't, I, I think it's a bad habit to get into. Um, so I'm going to be honest with you. I went out a little bit less. I, I consider myself to be a method podcaster. So I wanted to be hungover today for this. How many, how many times a week do you go out enough that you have a hangover? Um, that's a tough question. It fluctuates. I would say honestly, and we'll get to this too, but Part of my job in a lot of ways is to go out drinking. And I know that's a big part of your job too. Right, but you're, so you're making an excuse for <laughs> the, for it being six? <laughs> it's not six. I would say um, probably both weekend nights, uh, two times during the week. So yeah, no one's ever maybe confront this problem. No, I know. Well, <laughs> so I, I mean, when your doctor has, you've lied, of <laughs> yeah. course, as we all do. I do. I say two, but yeah, probably like four. I, I know how to moderate myself though. Not sure how to respond. I wanted you on here because you were, I knew you would ask these tough okay, questions. Okay, good. <laughs> you right. made me face my own issues. But no, really, the reason I wanted you on this episode specifically, Ben, is first off, you founded Thrillist. And a big part of the original goal and still a big part of our current goal is telling people where to go out, where to go out drinking. And since we have, what, t- more than 20 million uniques a month, I think, right now, yeah. you might personally be responsible for billions upon billions of hangovers. For the that, past decade. If you think about it like that. That warms my heart. <laughs> if that's does. really true, then, then I've done my job. You've done your job. Yeah. I have a story. It, this is particularly relevant because it marks one of the most hungover I've been at work. And it also, <laughs> <laughs> it, it also hits yeah. on <laughs> when I realized, hey, this company might be right for me. It was, God, it had to be about five years ago. I, I was still pretty new. Um, I came into work hungover, train, you know, like motion sickness, barely holding on. Train motion sickness. God, it's that's the worst. Very, that's my arch enemy. That's a very intense hangover it when is. the train's getting you. And it's like, what do you do if you have to puke? Do you go into the middle? Oh my of cars? God, that's you a go- thing that you actually have to contend with? <laughs> yes. That's disgusting. <laughs> I'm sorry. The train is very rough. People are knocking into you. You're trying to like listen to a Were podcast or something. Were you on time for work? I was. So that's, so I was on time. I, I, I what time is on time for me? Yes. Uh, back then it was 10 a.m. Now can it's we curse? Can we allowed to curse on this show? <laughs> yes, we are. Fuck you. Come on. Uh, <laughs> <It's> stuff. <laughs> I, I work late. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, late. okay. 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 So I, I slide in at 10 a.m. I'm like, fuck, thank God I made it. I walk up to my desk on my desk. There is a little plastic cup. Do you know where the story's I going? I know, you where know this exactly is what I'm going. Say. Okay. This is, by the way, this is when we were living loose. <laughs> yes. So go ahead. Tell the story. I love okay. this. I'll tell the story. Okay, cool. I, I walk over to, I, I see a little plastic cup. There's a note underneath the cup from Human Resources. It's an involuntary drug test. You must submit a urine sample within the next 30 minutes or face termination. Now, in my hungover states, I first was like, well, this is it. Jigs up. Game over. No more writing for Will. I was going to call my mom, say, mom, I'm done. <laughs> mom, I, mom, I'm unemployed. I'm coming home. Here. Exactly. Right. Uh, and I looked at my uh, phone screen and the date was April 1st. Yep. Yes. That was classic. It was. That was the coolest April Fool's prank we ever played. And 
Uh, I remember we had this whole debate. We're like, well, are we like, like, are we a professional employer? Are we stepping over the line? Is this, you know, could we ever be a company that would drug test a blah, 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 blah. And we had eight, you know, that we had just sort of hired like more corporate HR. Mm -hmm. And there was a whole debate as to whether that was, uh, whether that was funny or appropriate. And I remember getting like probably half an hour after people started to arrive, a panic uh, visit from HR who's like, a lot of people are, are running out the door and heading home and pretending to be sick. I'm like, ugh, first of all, why do we have so many degenerates here? And second of all, can we just tell people it's a joke so that like half the team doesn't go and work from home today worried that they're going to get fired, please? Yeah. Uh, anyway, it was it was interesting, though, to see the Like, I'm glad that you you really suffered through that. I so did. that's uh <laughs> Well, then, it was a cruel trick because yeah. that's not the culture of this place. And and in particular, I think that probably what we would have found is like people smoke weed. Yeah. And like, that's okay. Like that's now like legal in most of the country. And that was why it was funny. I think there were probably a few people who like had other concerns and <laughs> yes. like, I don't even want to address that. And then I think that there was something we were celebrating because I remember we had um like a celebratory shot at like 1030. So hair of the dog. What would we have been celebrating in April? I think maybe just. Doing well. I don't think that we would have 10.30 a.m. shots for doing well. <laughs> I, I think maybe it was that everyone had a shot glass on their desk. Yeah. And, and out of guilt, we were like, well, we should put something in those because everyone has freaked this morning. <laughs> I think 10.30 shots for doing well is fine. That's, that's when I run the company. That will be. But so that, that happened to have been one of your most vulnerable states that we caught you at. Yes. I'm, that's okay. Interesting. I'm sorry <laughs> about me. that. And speaking of Thrillist and drinking, in true Thrillist fashion, we've got a couple of cups of Maker's Mark here. So cheers to you. Thanks cheers. for coming on. Thank you for having me. I don't, I don't get to drink in the middle of the day very often. But <laughs> as like I said, when block. we came in, it's the three-year anniversary of Group 9. So a reason to celebrate. So a reason to celebrate and, definitely. Uh, and, and have a little toast. So Ben, just for people who don't know, and everyone should know. Of course. What is Group 9? Yeah, so Group 9 is a company mm-hmm. that we both work at true. that owns Thrillist as well as Now This, The Dodo, Seeker, and as a very recently, Pop Sugar. They are amongst the largest brands on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. And then what Group 9 is, is it's the, it's the sort of infrastructure that those brands live within. And so everything is centralized outside of the content creation at the brands. And uh, yeah, that's, that's what it is. Awesome. So, you know, I, as I said, you know, I am a little hungover. This is a little hair of the dog. Do you believe in the hair of the dog method? Absolutely. Although I think it's a very slippery slope. Yes. I, I always think that if you get back in the saddle, you begin anew. Yeah. You just go right back at it. Yeah. That's the problem. It's, it's you know, it definitely works. It's kind of a band-aid fix. It's a little fool's gold. You know, oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it is, if you, if you make it the cure, you will live a very sad and <laughs> short life. But I, I think it, it's a good... Uh, if you're really, really, really struggling, yeah, it's the fastest way to like get out of the dungeon. Yeah. Is there a time where you were at work and you were just super hungover and things were difficult? The people who I sort of sit with at the office uh, know that if I'm wearing a hat, it's, it's, <laughs> there's a high likelihood that the night before I did something irresponsible. Right. It's like, like I'm hiding some of my shame beneath the bill or something like that. Like they literally, I'll come in with a hat. They're like, what'd you do? But, but I can't, I mean, I haven't recently. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing that I can point to recently where I came in and like, oh, okay. Okay. I got one. We recently uh, did this deal at group nine to bring pop sugar into our family. Sure. And uh, in getting to 
to like decide to do that deal, which really is, uh, you know, a merging of these two businesses, you obviously, you know, we had to get familiar with and really get to know the the founding team of Pop Sugar. And mm -hmm. uh, Pop Sugar was founded by a couple, um, Brian and Lisa Sugar. And, you know, I think part of really getting to know somebody, and this is actually something that I do with any like really senior hire as I get to know them, like any of my direct reports is I go out with them. doesn't mean we have to go and drink a lot, but go out to dinner, spend like hours with someone talking, getting to know them outside of work. And so Brian and I did that. Well, we went out to dinner, Brian, Lisa, and a few other people. And then Brian and I went out and stayed out for a long time. And it was totally under the sort of guise of business. But the next day was when we had a you know, 10 hour marathon, like due diligence session together in San Francisco, getting for where, where we really did a deep dive on their business. And both of us were like shaking the whole day <laughs> and really, really struggling. Uh, and that was a few months ago. That's the most recent time that I sort of like stepped out over the ledge on yeah. a business night, but it was in the, it was all in service of the company. Of course. It was, of, of course. course. Yes. But I, I'm actually with you there. I, I firmly believe that going out, drinking, breaking bread, having dinner, that experience is, I think, the most valuable way to connect with someone. And yep. why do you think that is? So I don't know that everyone would necessarily agree with that. I mean, I, th I you know, I think broadly people, it, like, it's a way to get to know somebody personally, not sitting in, like, an interview chair. I think that's very much the, like, the thrillist ethos or spirit. But that's a certain kind of personality type. That's, like, what's your hobby? Yeah. Your hobby is eating and drinking. That is what you do in your spare time. Some people play tennis or some people paint. I consume things, um, and I think you do too, and I think a lot of people do that. So that's a very personal thing for me and something that, uh, like, that's how I get to know people because it's, like, doing something that I'm passionate about and, and love to do, and, you know, that may not be the case for somebody else. You get to see another side of someone when you go out to drink with them. You get to see what they order. You get to see how they drink. Or it actually puts someone in their comfort zone. Mm. I don't know that it's necessarily an uncomfortable situation for all people, but you definitely do see a side of them that is different than, you know, whatever corporate, uh, you know, workplace version you see. Like, and I think it's much closer to how people really are yeah. than how they may behave in, in a more formal setting. Totally. I mean, I feel like in our line of work, not... Not that we, not that we do the same thing, you and I. I mean, you're you're well, making deals. I'm testing out champagne guns down on the fifth floor. <laughs> What's a champagne gun? It's it's a little misleading. It's not. It doesn't really shoot champagne. You kind of you put a magnum of champagne in. It, it's like a kind of like an Uzi, like a like an old mobster well, gun. So it does sound like it shoots. Well, mine is rose gold. So first of all, I just want to paint that picture. Okay. It's a rose gold champagne gun. You put a magnum of champagne. In, you shake it. And you kind of release a notch and it shoots out. I can show you. I think, is this one of these like Instagram products so like much. that was built and like has now sold like $25 million <laughs> of like champagne guns yes. via like last click 100% attribution ads? You could have got in on yeah. that probably. I, I would have. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> like, I don't know how long term that market is, but that's, sure. a, that's a good little... Yeah. Uh, okay. I think the champagne gun is recession proof, I would say. Yes, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> you should definitely uh, make more financial decisions for the company. <laughs> Thank you so much. On that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Don't get mad at me about this. <laughs> uh, I should know this. I've been working here for the better part of a decade. I don't actually know where the name Thrillist is. The came name from. Thrillist. Uh, it, I don't think it's any sort of rocket science, mm -hmm. but I was, uh, we were sort of creating content around what this brand would be. And I, I guess I lived in the West Village right out of college and uh, it was probably one or two in the morning and I was sitting on my floor with Adam Rich, my yeah. co-founder and Jonah Peretti, who uh, 
subsequently founded BuzzFeed, who was a friend. And we were sitting around on the floor and doing a naming exercise. And we had written on pieces of paper a bunch of words, sort of parts of words and pieces of words. And so we were putting them together. And so we had, you know, the, 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 next, the second choice on the list was ape alert. Ape alert. Which let's just <laughs> let's just consider ourselves lucky uh, that, 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 that like, was not like the a, final choice. Like an app that you would have. I believe actually Ape Alert. Just alert the, I think the only reason we were not called Ape Alert is that the URL was taken. <laughs> and so this is us sitting on the floor and Jonah on GoDaddy. And we had no money. We hadn't raised any money. We we're like, we're, if a URL, if they were like available for $500, we're like, keep going. Like we're <laughs> not, we have exactly the minimum amount of money that a URL costs yeah. to buy this name and thrill and list. You can understand where each of what, the, what those words each mean. Yeah. And we put them together, a list of thrilling things and the name was available. We purchased it. And that was the name of the company. Um, Ape alert would have been a lot harder to explain to people. Well, it was really only for guys mm-hmm. when we started. That that was the idea. It was sort of this uh, answer to Daily Candy, which existed for women as this email for guys. And it was a daily alert email yeah. about stuff to do. And we were young, fratty idiots. And so <laughs> we were apes and it worked just fine. But yeah. but I think we would have probably been more limited uh, in a future state. Yeah, exactly. The current thrillist has <laughs> ape alert would not play as well. How different things would be. How different things would be, indeed. Um, we talked a little about work hangovers. Do you have a memory of what you would say the most hungover you've ever been? Um, it would be in college mm-hmm. or at a bachelor party. Mm. There was a day in college where I, for the next day, I was like the sickest I've ever been in my entire life. But I actually think that I must have had food poisoning. Mm, yeah. I had been out. It was during fraternity rush. So I'd been drinking a lot and eating a lot. But I was so sick. I like was on the verge of death, I thought. That I like I remember just like wildly throwing up in like weird garbage bags. <laughs> and like, I mean, I was like, I like couldn't move, but it couldn't have been just from alcohol because yeah. I, I was too sick. Alcohol's uh, a poison. No, you know? I know, but I, I'm pretty sure that or maybe I got alcohol poisoning and food poisoning. Double whammy. Double whammy. That was that was the closest I've ever been to being like, I have to be airlifted out of my <laughs> home and taken somewhere because I won't make it through the day. <laughs> I knew I was going to ask you this question, so I wanted to like think. It, it, it was hard for me too to remember because they all kind of blurred. They're all equally awful in a way. Um, I do think the the first thing that really came to mind, and this is this is a weird story that no one else would have this, but. When I was in fifth grade, my family went to Niagara Falls. And this, this is honest to God true. We were at a theme restaurant. It rhymes with Schman at Schmollywood. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hard Rock Cafe? <laughs> yeah, you got it. Okay. My mom was ordering me uh, drinks then. Not alcoholic drinks. I was in fifth grade. Roy Rogers was my drink of choice, which is grenadine and Coca-Cola. It's like, you know. So it's like an, it's like an alternative Shirley Temple. It is. Kind I, of thing. I, okay. I, in my fifth grade mind, I'm like, it's not, it's not as girly as a Shirley Temple. It's kind okay. of, you know, it's a Roy Rogers. Right. My mom was ordering me these Roy Rogers. And there must have been some cocktail that was also called that. And I had a couple. And This is a really fucked up story. It, it is. My family, we actually don't talk about this. We all knew because I got really sick. I got what now I know is intoxicated. Oh, man, this is depressing. And it was, my whole family was at Niagara Falls. And the entire, like, Saturday, our, our big day, I was just in the bathroom throwing up. Felt like I had the worst oh, cold in my life. That's weird, right? That's no good. <laughs> it's bad. 
It's weird. That's no good. I'm sorry to it's hear okay. that story. That's like, <laughs> that's abuse. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't my parents' this fault. This makes it's a lot of sense now. Now the train thing makes more sense, though. Yeah, I, and the yeah, whole yeah. career path. Right, right. All <laughs> Almost of the, everything. All of the stuff actually <laughs> makes more sense. So I didn't know this then, but um, there are lots of ways to massage a hangover. Um, when I was writing for Thrillist, it was one of my main beats, honestly. I've, I've tried... The powders, I've tried the pills. Do any of those work? There was one uh, called Drip Drop, and it was, I think it coined itself, a military-grade hangover cure. It just hydrates you, right? It's it's like drinking Pedialyte or drinking Gatorade. So that was a, like a ready-to-drink? You mix it in kind of like an emergency, okay. right? And it definitely hydrates you. Is you, it you take it after or you take it before? Because there's also, there's things you take before you drink. Correct. And there's yes. things you take after. Did you, you've done them all and do you find one to be more effective? No, I don't actually. Um, in fact, I find Gatorade. Gatorade. If you're, if you need to hydrate, that's, that's my go-to. Pedialyte's interesting because, you know, now Pedialyte even markets it yep. to adults for hangovers. My mom is a pre-K teacher. So she had a lot of Pedialyte lying around. So I kind of figured this out a little bit before. I don't think the preemptive pills work. I actually know the cure to a hangover. Okay. Which I don't know if this is the right time in the no, program it's, it's, to say no, it. No, this is, that, that's the grand finale. Okay, because I, I, I'm like, I've solved hangovers, okay. but it requires, you have to make a commitment to yourself, okay. but, and I'll explain that later, but I, I genuinely know how to cure a hangover. That's a great teaser. What's interesting is that, uh, and I found this during my studies, Yes, is that doctors, they still don't really know what causes hangovers. They have theories, hydration is obviously one, but... No one is actually fully sure why hangovers happen or an actual solution to it. Really? Until today, because we're talking about I it. feel like if I worked at one of the large liquor companies, I would solve hangovers. That There has to be a way. Let's solve this, Will. I would love to. If, if, if I could just make most of my job solving hangovers, let's make it but happen. But you need to become a scientist, unfortunately. I don't know if the top scientific minds of our day are focused on hangover cures. I think that might be the problem, like an allocation of talent, yeah. you know? But with enough funding, who's to say? Right. We've, <laughs> we've, cured, we've, we've cured bigger things. I still, to this day, get messages about um, people saying they know the secret to hangovers, especially the secret cures, and I've tried them. One of them, rubbing lemons under your armpit. A lot of things like that, you That's know what I mean? Not it's it's nothing. It's absolutely this. Nothing. It has to do with what goes in your body, definitely, right? It, this yeah. can't be an external thing. Do you believe in the power of food for hangover to make you feel better? Yeah, you know, I think it cuts both ways because the conventional wisdom is like go have some greasy burger and greasy fries and like soak up the alcohol, and like there's something just really pleasurable about doing that, which I think makes you distracted from the hangover, but then afterwards you also feel really sad and gross, yeah. and so. Maybe it makes you feel worse. What I do think now, if I'm going to eat something and I do feel hungover, I actually go the complete opposite way. I will get something very healthy. I'll get like just a very uh, clean salad. And that makes me feel better, I think. Really? Yes. Never tried that. Or a smoothie, like a juice generation right next door. That, that usually I'm going to reserve talking about smoothies till okay. later. Ooh, teaser. I think drinking is more important than eating. Drinking like, water. Drinking water. When I'm really hungover, the problem is when you're really hungover, drinking water is so hard to do. I know. It's like the amount of effort that it takes. Having a sip of water is like climbing a small mountain. <laughs> like I just can't do it. I think something that one of the, you know, obvious things that comes with a hangover is a inability or unwillingness to do things. Yeah. <laughs> and so if I wake up, 
on a weekend with a hangover. This would be more past tense than present tense. Sure. But prior to kids, I'd wake up and be like, I just want to lie here. And similar to drinking water, like I know that the solution is in my bathroom. Mm -hmm. I just have to take a shower, but it's so hard. It takes so much energy. I think that there are things you can do before. Sure. And there are things you can do after. I would say that the after shower is my number one for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. That's the only way to get like, to get right. Shock to the system. Yeah. Yeah. And just like you're, you're being a little bit of a human. Uh, aside from in group nine, you do a lot of investing, Lair Hippo, BC Fund. I am a little stubborn. I like my ideas and I like to see them through. At what point do you have to be like, okay, we need to change what we're doing in order to be successful. And at what point do you know that you need to stick to your guns? Common sense. Like there's a bunch of data that's available to us now and everything that we do. If we believe something's a good idea, let's go do it. One of the best pieces of business advice and life advice I ever got was from our first investor, uh, a guy named Bob Pittman. Uh, And Bob told me, he said that uh, he has a rule. It's a a 20-60-20 rule is what he called it. And he said, uh, 20% of the time you make a decision, you do a thing, and it's so obviously right. You launch a product, it just is gangbusters. Or you hire someone and they just like transform your company and they're like a rock star. And 20% of the time you make you do something and it's just obviously wrong mm. immediately. Like it's, it's horrible. And like, those are easy fixes. But the problem is that 60% of things, you're not sure. They're not breakouts. They're not bad. They're okay. And he said, and what kills companies is the 60%. You got to get stuff out of the 60%. Get it into one of the 20s. Make it a winner or kill it. But don't let a bunch of mediocre stuff float. And that is... Uh, something that I regularly violate. Um, but, but I think it's a really, really, really good lesson. And it's something that, again, that's not like just for like someone making decisions on behalf of a company, but I think that's even for somebody um, in, in any role. That's awesome. I love that theory. You can apply it to anything. You can like, apply it to anything. Yeah. That's why I like it too. It's not a, it's not a, it's not for business. It's no. for like any, it's for relationships. It's for anything else. Like spend time with people you love. Yeah. And like, Get to know people and see if you love them. And if not, like, eh, it's okay. Life's short. Did you ever in your wildest dreams think Thrillist or, you know, Ape Alert, as it was known for a few (laughs) minutes? it was known, right, (laughs) before GoDaddy had sold that URL to somebody else. Minutes before. Did you ever in your wildest dreams think that it would become this, that it would become part of a holding company, that it would become a platform with videos and podcasts and everything? No. No. You know, we're almost 900 people now. It was crazy. Crazy, I know. I uh, honestly, you know, when I started Thrillist, I was applying to business school. Yeah. And the hope was, this is how naive I was. I thought that if I started a business, it would help me get into business school. Mm-hmm. You know, I had never written anything per se or been particularly creative or done any of the things that were required to do Thrillist. But I like, I really, the thing that Thrillist was born out of was I took fun super seriously. Yeah. Um, and Adam did too. I mean, like fun's not fun if you're not doing it well. Yeah. And uh, that was the sort of impetus for, for doing it. And we thought that it was like a merging of a potential business interest in our, in our social lives. It's just interesting to look at uh, how things change over time and how your expectations change. And uh you know, today we, you know, we just completed this amazing deal to buy pop sugar and I'm obviously beyond excited, but also highly dissatisfied 
and anxious and frustrated to continue to grow and to do more and, and think we have an opportunity to be so much more impactful than we are today. And, and I think that that is, I think that's human nature, um, but it's also a little tormenting. Yeah. 2019 Ben, 2020 Ben now, yeah. could go back and uh, tell the Ben that was starting Thrillist anything, all, all of what you just said. Would you have wanted to know? Would have been better if you did know? Or is it better to have gone exactly as is and have these goals that incrementally rise? It's a great question. I mean, I think it's always better to live your life. Yeah. I think that comes back to Thrillist, right? Like, yeah. Like literally the impetus for starting the brand, like really squeeze the juice out of every day. So the idea of being able to see the future actually makes the present less interesting. I think that's very much true. And that kind of also ties into hangovers too, right? You know, sometimes you're out late one night and you might throw up on the train the next day, but you wouldn't have changed a thing along that That's course. true though, right? Yes. I mean, if you go back, if you were to say, what was the morning you were most hungover? Like, would I take that back? No, not at this point. Yeah. It's, it's ancient history. I don't, like, like every experience that you like get through without like some sort of like horrible permanent damage, I guess, <laughs> like that's a good experience. Yeah. So one last question before we get to our picks for the best hangover cures okay. of all time. And this is very relevant to the theme, very relevant to what we were just talking about. Yep. Are you afraid of making mistakes? Yes. Horribly. Really? Oh, <laughs> I spend about 90% of the time worrying about making mistakes. Is there any way to mitigate that? I try very hard. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> Drinking. Well, I, I honestly, I think the way to mitigate almost anything, step one is like acknowledge it. Yeah. And then you go, oh, okay. It's not like, it's okay. It's okay to be afraid of stuff. And then you can start to deal with it. But I, I think that keeping stuff suppressed or not talking about things or, uh, you know, keeping secrets is, uh, I think is very bad for the soul. Yeah. I mean, that's the source of anxiety. It's being scared of the unknown. When you put it out there, it's just... When you put it out there, it, like, it is what it is. Yeah. I, I've had this in business. I've had this in personal life many times before. I can't tell you the number of like sleepless nights and the amount of stress and anxiety. And then like you talk about it or it happens and you're like, oh, like, okay, I'm, we're, we're all still here. Yeah. It's, it's really, uh, it's not easy to do. The waiting is the hardest part. Yep. As always. All right, speaking of waiting, we'll be right back. Ooh, Our... that was a nice little segue. <laughs> a lot of people are listening to whatever ad is coming up because of that. <laughs> Let's hope so. Uh, we'll be right back with our picks for the best hangover cures of all time. Ever. Okay, Ben, you teased that you had solved the hangover crisis and you have the perfect hangover cure. Are you willing to share this on air? People will listen to this, by the way. So. Good, and okay. I hope that they take it to heart. And it requires a deep commitment to excellence. Oh. And it's very hard to do because it requires a little pre-planning. So for me, the way that I have defeated hangovers, and this is like more of a when I'm traveling, mm -hmm. because I don't have nights like that out very often in New York where I'm like planning to be hungover. But like <laughs> if I'm at a bachelor party or something, I'm like, I know tomorrow is going to be hell. Let's just do this. I go to the store and I get two bottles of water and like a green juice smoothie. And I put them in my refrigerator. And when I get back, no matter what time it is, five in the morning and I'm exhausted. And I, the last thing I want to do is force all of these down my throat is I drink two full bottles of water and this full smoothie. 
and I go to bed and, and take Advil. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that goes without saying. Yeah, definitely. And you wake up in the morning and it is, it doesn't mean that you don't have a hangover, but you feel like you drank one fourth the amount that you did. Okay. But it requires, if you have a really bad hangover, it means you were really drunk. And if you're really drunk to sit there and have the patience and like the temperament to consume like 40 ounces of liquid is very difficult to do. It requires a deep commitment. And the foresight to well, gather that. Yeah. And the gathering that. Yeah. And so that's when I, if I get, if I'm like going to like Scottsdale or Vegas or whatever, I mean, this is like a little bit in past life. Mm. Like you get there and I'm like, hi, I'm here. I'm going to go to the supermarket right now. And you have to provision and set yourself up with this. Very important. Critically important. If you're not planning ahead, if you wake up in the middle of the night hungover, you're done already. You're if done. it's the, mo if you have a hangover, it's over. Right. There is no hangover cure. There is only hangover avoidance. Mm. That is that is the essence of my message here. Uh, the preemptive strike. The preemptive strike is the only strike. If you have received a hangover. There's no going back. There's no going back. You're yeah. done. I'm very curious what your answer, though, is because if you have a cure, then truly the world is a better place. Okay. My answer is twofold because I am on board with you that – the best offense is always a good defense, especially for hangovers. So if you're thinking ahead, what you need to do is you need to alternate, especially towards the end of the night, alternate water with alcohol. Well, that, of course. That's, that's the best thing you can do. And Number I mean, one, I agree with that. Strict regimen. I think what you need more than Advil is before you go to sleep, you do need to eat something. It doesn't have it can be anything. It can be anything. You need to eat something. Now, the most important thing, when you wake up in the morning, this is this. I, I firmly believe that this is the only true cure for a hangover. You wake up and you pretend like you are not hungover. You. If there was a live audience here, <laughs> they would be throwing vegetables no. and other things. No, in. I, I mean this. I swear by this. I am. I firmly believe that, and I feel it's the same way about illness a little bit. If you truly convince yourself in your mind that everything is fine. This is the Donald Trump. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is what it is. No. If, yeah. if you go yeah. out, if you That's go out, you're doing here. you take a shower, you get, uh, the other great thing you can do, which kind of helps normalize your morning is you go out, you sweat, you work out, you do something active. Agreed. Anything motion involved. Very you, hard. You go out and you live your life and you do the things you would normally do and you convince yourself that you are not hungover, your mind will convince your body that it's okay. And I, I truly believe this. It is, it is the best thing to do is to get out, is to go moving. And I guarantee you, if you are committed to believing that you are not hungover, that you are not sick, that that is better than any pills that someone will sell you, than any uh, elaborate method, any IV doc, any ramen, any pho, it is the most important thing about being hungover. Working out, I think, is actually good for you. It is. Sweat it out a little bit. Yeah. like, And I think getting up and being a, out and about is a good thing, too. Like, you know, if you, if you just lay in bed, I mean, that's even like the shower thing. Yeah. It's like doing something. If you just lie there in bed, like, you're not doing, you're not getting any better. You're just going to feel crappy. But I don't think that you can convince yourself not to be hungover. I think you can actively do things to alleviate it. I think mm -hmm. the only way you can feel better is to put yourself in the right frame of mind. So let's let's. So are we agreeing that the the way to cure a hangover is 
deep preparation the night before. Yes. And then the day of not letting it control you. Exactly. But, okay. you know, if you, if you really want to lay it out and you're like, listen, this is what to do. Prep before. Water, food, Advil. This, I'm telling you, this smoothie thing. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah. Two waters doesn't, if I were to have five waters, it's, it's that, it's having the, uh, well, by the way, I mean, I guess the smoothie probably checks a little bit of the food box, right? It's like yes. a different kind of sustenance. It's got, it's got like, you know, a more balanced set of whatevers. That's the difference for me. If I just, if I drink a lot of water, it helps. But the smoothie, I can remember days where I was, like, I got back to my room and I'm like, you know, this is going to be. Like, this is going to be a problem. A bad one. This is going to be a problem. Yeah. And then realized that I had this and woke up the next morning, like, freaking out that I had solved this situation the night before, joyfully. Can I throw something out there real quick? Sure, yes. Um, I think we're saying the same thing because I think that if you have a system and you believe it works and you think you're okay, then you will be then okay. Then you will be okay. And I think, of, I think you're right, though, that a, a volume of different cures at once is probably good. Yes. Like you go running, you go eating, you get out of bed, you take a shower, you take some Advil, you drink a bunch of water, you have a smoothie, you do an IV, like whatever it is, mm -hmm. do it all. But then that takes your mind off of it, you know? And then you're too focused on doing all of your cures. You're not thinking about it and you're thinking- Or you're crying. Or crying. Crying is really good. A good cry. A really good cry is a great cure. I know some people say that they don't feel better until they poop too. That's, yeah. yeah. That's true. It is true. Those are gross people generally, but the, <laughs> yep, that is true. Be prepared. Be ready to get out there, sweat it out, make your body feel normal. Be prepared. Yes. Prepare your, your home. And also just go out and don't be scared of the hangover. Just go out, take it on. Well, no, no, that's not the advice. <laughs> the whole be prepared is be scared of the hangover. Well, Drink one in one water. <laughs> it's all about being scared of it. That's, that's the worst advice no. ever. The whole thing is you have to be scared of it. If you're not scared of it, then you, that's when you end up in trouble. But you don't have to be scared of it because you control the hangover. It doesn't control you. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do think that the, I, I appreciate the optimism, mm -hmm. which I think is very in line with the mission of Thrillist and Group 9. So let's leave it at that. Mr. Lear, it was a pleasure. Congratulations on the three-year anniversary of Group 9. Thank you. Congratulations on your first appearance on our podcast, Best in the Rest. Hopefully not the last. Agreed. We'll I see. really enjoyed this. Uh, like, cool. genuinely, this was, this was awesome. Thank you so much Thank for you. It was me. so much fun. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, sir. Cheers. Okay, big thanks to Ben for coming on and dropping some wisdom. Now, we've talked about a myriad hangover cures and some science behind them. As Ben said before, solving a hangover involves making a commitment to yourself, a dedication to excellence, and it involves dual parts prep and aftercare. I have an easy-to-remember four-step method that I guarantee will work. It's called the HEAL treatment, H-E-A-L. Step one, hydrate. Whether you chug water or Gatorade or whatever at the end of the night or steadily sip through your drinking, this is the first step and it might be the most important, so remember it. Step two, eat. Eat before you go to bed, people. Like I said, my secret weapon is McVitie's Digestive Biscuits. I have to say, the greasier, heavier foods might work against you. So try to eat something healthy or drink something clean like Ben and his smoothie. Step three, aerobics. As soon as you wake up, this is part of the aftercare. Get out of bed, work up a sweat, then take a shower. It's going to suck, but you will feel better afterwards. Step four, 
Live your life to the best of your ability. Fake it till you make it and don't dwell on how shitty you feel. As Ben alluded to, referring to the business world, acknowledge your mistakes, move on, and try to focus on the future instead of what happened last night. The walk of shame is only as far as you make it, people. Once again, the HEAL method. Hydrate, eat, aerobics, and live your life. Easy to remember. Read all about it on Thrillist.com. Hangover Cures Ranked. And I personally hope that your next hangover is slightly more bearable thanks to us. Okay, everyone. So as you know, podcasts don't just make themselves. So big thanks to Jim D'Amico, Megan Kirsch, and Ocean McAdams for steering the ship over on the Thrillist side. Brett Kushner, David Zwick, and Emily Feld from Group 9. Obviously, our producer Molly Scholson for doing an excellent job as always. Mangesh Hatakudor at iHeartRadio. Randy Scott Carroll for editing and Ernie Injured That for mixing. See you next week. <laughs>